Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And we are joining you on Christmas Eve 2022 after the Steelers' 13-10 victory against the hated Las Vegas Raiders. And always, I have my partner to my left, Big Neil. What's happening? It was quite the night, Lance. We know what we saw. We are probably going to need some time to figure out exactly what just happened. The Steelers resurrected themselves on the final two drives of the game. This seems to be a staple of this team, something that we talked about last year. The best thing that the Steelers do, and it might be the only thing that they do well, is win games. And this was not a game the Steelers had any business of winning, just none at all until that final drive. I would even argue when uh, Presley Harvin came on the field to punt with about four and a half minutes left, I bet a decent amount of people left the stadium. It was that bleak at that point. The Steelers kicked to the Raiders, got a three and out, got the ball back, were able to uh, drive, what was the final drive, 79 yards, something like that? Yeah. Uh, with Without question, the best passing that we saw all night, the best offense the Steelers saw all night, capped off by touchdown pass from rookie to rookie, picket to pickens, to take the lead, then... Um, unfortunately, as I, I believe, and somebody correct me if I was wrong, Terrell Edmonds ran onto the field to celebrate Cam yes. Sutton's, Cam Sutton's uh, interception. Easily the best play of Cam Sutton's career. A great moment. No clue what Terrell Edmonds was doing or what he was thinking. Um, that's just a, a, a terrible mistake at a great moment. The point being, though, it gave the Raiders with three timeouts the opportunity uh, to possibly get uh, three kneel downs, three short runs to end it, but a little trickeration in there. A motion sweep to tight end Connor Hayward sealed the victory for the Steelers that improve to seven and eight on the season. Playoff hopes still basically flatlined, but they're still there. They're not eliminated yet. Two more games to go. Uh, just an incredible sequence of events in a game the Steelers really just didn't have any business winning. I can't say that enough, but uh, a fantastic end. You know, good teams are playing their best at the end, and while this might not necessarily be a good team, um, they've got balls. You got to give them that. They uh, they're they're playing when the chips are in the middle, and and you have to be happy with that. Yeah, this is this is a great victory on a very. Uh, joyous but tough night for Steeler Nation and for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, a night when, rightly so, Franco Harris was honored for quite possibly the greatest play in NFL history. I think it is and probably the greatest play in sports history, the immaculate reception on a very tough night. The Steelers, you know, pull on some heartstrings and get it done. I mean, it's apropos. Uh, that they would win in this fashion. I mean, if they were going to win this game, we all knew it was not going to be a blowout. It was not going to be easy. It was going to be a shenane game. Absolutely ugly. It was going to be a shenane game, and it was a shenane game. And you were absolutely right, Neil. That drive was 76 yards. That was the best drive of the game. The play call to hit George Pickens on the scene, that was a great throw. Uh, that's a great route. 
it's it, it he hit him in time. Uh, that was just a great play there. Defense really played well. Uh, I think the big difference in this game was probably the turnovers. And I'm glad that the Steelers got this win because, you know, Chris Boswell missed some several field goals and he could have easily been the GOAT to this game. But the Steelers stayed steady, stayed tough, stayed strong, and, and, and won this game. Looking at the stats, I think a key stat in this game, we talked a lot about Josh Jacobs and the Raiders' ability to run the football. But the Steelers did a really good job in defending the run, and they've put back-to-back games together in defending the run. They played well against Carolina, where I think they only gave up 21 yards, rushing maybe on 16 carries, maybe 1.9 yards per carry. And in this game, uh, they only gave up 15 attempts, 44 yards to running backs, which is 2.9 yards per carry. Derek Carr ran it three times uh, for 14 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. So in total, about 20 carries, 58 yards. And, and I think that's where the game was decided. The Steelers played really well on third down. Um, they played well in the red zone. Um, they really held the running attack. They really did a good job on Devontae Adams, who had nine targets but only two catches for 15 yards, probably one of the worst games in the last several years of his career. This was really an all-around defense, solid defensive performance, even got some pressure on the quarterback. What's your thoughts about this defense's performance in the game, Neil? Let's, let's, let's keep in mind, they held Carolina last week to 21 rushing yards. Carolina went off for 330 today in their surprise win uh, over Detroit. Now, Detroit's not exactly a great defensive team. We know that, but 330 rushing yards is, is a street load of rushing yards in the NFL. Uh, the Steelers did an excellent job, I thought, and most notably, I, I, I could go off for days about this, what we saw out of Cam Hayward tonight was nothing short of a Hall of Fame performance. He was absolutely out of his mind. That, that's the best game he's played this season. In, incredible performance, top to bottom, out of, out of Cam Hayward. And it's nice to see younger brother Connor with the biggest rush of the Steelers' night, 21 yards to seal the win. But defensively, I didn't feel – uh, the pass rush was much outside of Hayward early. I felt they gave Carr uh, plenty of time to overthrow a bunch of passes. And to be fair, I, I really don't think it was easy to throw the ball. We, we saw a, a bunch of them sail on Pickett. Pickett was not sharp um, passing. They, they both missed uh, a, a, a good amount that we would normally see uh, them be able to put on the money. It, not a great passing night overall. The Steelers pass rush, though, was not quite what uh, we wanted it to be. I was saying uh, um, via social media, uh, a couple text threads that I had going on leading into uh, that final drive that now is the time we're going to see T.J. Watt ramp it up and make a play. And you saw him going harder in that last drive than we saw him go all game. That, that's not to say he wasn't trying or anything, but uh, you you know he's a big spotlight player and he he came close on the two throws that they had uh car just missed badly on on sutton's interception but the the valuable part is watt was close enough to force the throw uh to to make car throw at a spot i don't think he was all that comfortable throwing and he missed badly enough that it led to the interception cam sutton though was the one who read it straight out of his hand he knew exactly where that ball was going he tracked it like a center fielder played it perfectly. Uh, you, you can't speak enough about Cam Sutton in that moment making that play. That was uh, obviously mission critical for the Steelers' victory. 
they needed to come up with a play. The Raiders had three timeouts. Uh, they were able to throw the ball reasonably successfully at times to a point where, you know, you could see them tying it on a field goal. But uh, the Steelers shut that down very quickly. Defensively, they came to play tonight. Um, they they uh, they really showed, I think, what we hoped they would end up being uh, as a defensive unit. I still don't think that we're getting 100% out of Watt, and it's safe to say now we're not going to for, for the remainder of this season. Uh, whatever it is he needs to do in the offseason, you hope that he is able to do that. But a, a great performance from other players, um, again, who are not T.J. Watt in leading to a, a, a real dominant defensive performance. I don't think I'm going out on a limb. I think this was probably their second best defensive performance of the year, given the moment and given what they needed to do to win the game defensively because the offense had its ups and downs over the course of the game. And speaking of Cam Hayward, you have seven tackles in the game, uh, four solo, three assisted, two sacks, three tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. So he was really stuffing the stat sheet in this particular game, and it was absolutely hilarious that he uh, did the snow angels in the game. But it was it was a tough start to this game. I mean, you know, I I, I wouldn't have anticipated that at the start of the game the defense would have came out and gave up a long drive for a touchdown. I was kind of shaking my head like, man, you know, sometimes in certain situations, you know, when you have a lot of emotion going into a situation, sometimes the emotion can, can get in the way of your execution. You can be a little bit too ramped up. You can be a little bit too present. And uh, it just seemed like they were a little, they, they were a little bit of a step slow, but I think they really settled down and played some quality football, man, looking at some of these numbers in this game are, are, are just absolutely unreal. I mean, the Raiders only had 201 total net yards. I mean, they I'm only not had... even sure the last time they've given up that few yards that that's a, that's a really impressive total um, whether, you know, being a factor, obviously, but that that's, that's excellent. You, you don't get that level very often, no matter who you're playing in the NFL. And of that, Neil, 58 of those were rushing yards. So they gave up about a buck 43 in the air and only 58 on the ground, which is ridiculous. They only gave up 3.9 yards per per offensive play, which is great. They only had uh, 52 plays. Even though the Raiders were 6 of 12 on, on third down, they weren't getting much when they were converting to third downs. I mean, this was an excellent, this was an excellent, excellent performance. Um, in a big time spot, I want to ask you this: How much? I'm trying to think of the word. Kenny Pickett, game winning drive, big moment, immaculate reception game. Franco passes away. All the NFL is watching. He gets it done in this moment. How, how much? How much does that mean in that locker room to this organization? How much does it mean to this team for Kenny to get it done in this type of moment, in this spot on the big stage? What What is this team walking away thinking about Kenny after I, this game? I think um, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to uh, Tomlin speak after this game, but I, I would imagine um, he would say something to the effect of he he was at his best when his team needed him to be. Um, game was on the line. He played at his best. 
And he did. And the one thing I, I had tweeted this, and of course I've got everybody screaming at me after the fact because they're all geniuses, but Pickett to me tonight, it really looked like he was shying away from the pressure. I mean, physically, uh, when they got close to him, his, his mechanics changed quite a bit. And in uh, the weather that they're in, you don't have much room to spare. You've got to be able to, to keep your body compact and still deliver down the field. And it looked like they spooked him a little bit. That last drive, though, he was nails. He, he was right where he was supposed to be. He made great reads, um, <clears throat> probably missed a little bit with uh, the, the Friarmouth throw um, that he had to kind of double catch. Um, the Najee throw that he caught between his legs, I mean, literally caught between his legs. Um, probably not his best throw, but he made a great throw down the middle uh, to set up the, the eventual touchdown, which was a, a laser. He put that right on, on probably the easiest touchdown George Pickens will ever catch. Um, he didn't have to move straight on his hands, um, and they they covered off him. Pickett saw it the entire time. It, it, it was a great drive. I, I would think as a team, um, you're looking at the final result of a game like that. I would imagine Tomlin echoed a similar sentiment to that. You want your quarterback playing um, at his best in in the moments that you need him to, and that was late in the game with the game on the line. Um, you know, I, I I said this a couple weeks ago. Um, if Pickett had this kind of poise against the Jets, against the Dolphins, they just made the playoffs tonight, or at the very least, they're neck and neck with the Ravens right now um, in terms of wild card positioning. It, it, it's frustrating to see it, but at the same time, you have to take a, a good amount of stock in the fact that he is improving and he won ass ugly tonight not a good game by him by most stretches that you'll see but that final drive he put everything together and he made the plays he had to make uh when his team needed them to be made so uh you take that away um beyond that there's there's a lot of work that they need to do they've got two games left um you you want them to be able to get as many reps in uh as they can continue to fight while you still have you know bullets in your gun and i i think tonight is something that makes you at the very least excited to see what's going to happen next. Um, I, that isn't worth much. I'm not saying this is a playoff team. Um, I, I just, the fact that they're in the position that they're in is pretty remarkable to me. I, I would not have expected this. Yeah. This was a foxhole game. Uh, I mean, th- this was definitely a foxhole game. I mean, it was ugly for most of it. Um, and, and definitely, like in his av record said, please smash the like button and please subscribe. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody out here listening to the program. Thank you for the support this year. Again, please like and subscribe. The new standard. And Double H wrote, Canada deserved to be put under the gun, but I do understand that he was probably advised to keep his quarterback clean and prevent unnecessary contact. Before you, before you speak to that. I was a little frustrated in not trying to throw the ball on first down. And it just felt like they were being very intentional with how they were going to approach this game. And we saw kind of in the Carolina game last week that their identity offensively emerged where they were going to run it heavy. They're going to rely on a defense and they were not going to put their quarterback into compromising positions where they could turn over the ball. I mean, what was your thought on the game plan? I mean, and what's your thought on Double H's comment? Let me put it back up here. Yeah, put it uh, up. Canada deserve to be put under the gun, but I do understand that he was probably advised to keep his QB clean 
and prevent unnecessary contact. I think the, the main part of this, I would say, is we'll, we'll read it like this. Najee, Najee Harris, 16 carries. Jalen Warren, six carries. Kenny Pickett, three for nine yards. And of those three, he did absolutely everything he possibly could to stay in the pocket. And two of them were sneaks. So really, there was one play that he ran um, outside the pocket and attempted to, to gain more than, than you know just falling forward kinds of yards. Um, he protected himself. It was obvious that was the game plan. They did not want him uh, going out on the move. And they, they took the ball out of his hand um, in, in adverse conditions. The weather was terrible. Um, it, it's, it's hard to throw a football in that. It's not just throwing it either. And I don't want to get into the hands thing, but you got to grip the ball. It's, it's going to be hard as a rock. Um, there are, I don't know what, what uh, Accra Hines stadium field it, it has, but it, every NFL stadium has some type of heating mechanism under the playing surface, not the sidelines, obviously not in the stands, but they have something to prevent the ground from completely freezing at deeper levels, which is what would make it uh, really hard. The ball doesn't sit on the warm ground all that much during a game. They're on the sideline where it's not heated. They, you know, it might be around the, the jets that they'll have out there. But point is, the ball is not going to be uh, the best that, that you would like it to be to throw particularly well. You don't want to have uh, a, a, a pass-heavy plan in place for a game like this. You need to be able to run. But as both teams demonstrated, um, if you're not able to run the ball, you're not going to do a whole lot. It really felt like Vegas did much more uh, than the Steelers did. And I think it's because they hit probably a, on, on a few more deeper passes than, than Pittsburgh even tried to hit uh, in this game. But pick it. You <clears throat> um, turn the ball over, a terrible interception. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point that out. A, a really bad interception. I felt he had a couple other throws that they could have gone the other way as well, but it, they didn't run him. They didn't, they wanted to run the ball with their running backs primarily in this game and control the clock, control possession and not let the weather be a factor. The Steelers got put into a position through two missed field goals, which is now a, a trending topic that Lance, we're going to get into come Wednesday. Chris Boswell is shaky now. Um, well, he's missed hmm. five field goals his last two games now. Um, yeah, you, I, I get 52, 52 yards in the element, but it, look, he, he's missing field goals. It's that simple. Um, it, w- that's a problem. Uh, when you don't have that benefit, we've seen what ha- what's happened to the Steelers when Boswell doesn't kick consistently. He's 14 to 21 on the year. That got some guys cut, you know, that, that, that's bad. Um, if, if Pickett isn't going to throw, and it, I, I think Pickett's final um, attempts, he had 39 attempts total. We had eight, nine, I think, on the final drive. So look at 30, it's the same as Carr. He would have completed roughly the same going into that final drive. He had a very similar game to Carr minus the interceptions. He protected the ball. That, that's really the main thing. Um, and they let their defense win. Now, it, we've, we've been on here, Lance, on, on the New Standard podcast, talking I don't know how many times this season about – not wanting them to place everything into uh, the defense's control to win or lose. Doing that in the NFL today doesn't seem to be the best strategy. They did it tonight and it worked and it 
makes sense. I mean, you, you saw the way the defense was playing. They, they did an excellent job overall, and, and they had the best – well, uh, Max Crosby was out of his mind. I mean, another incredible player. I don't, I don't know what the offensive plan was to stop him, but blocking him with tight ends was not doing it. <laughs> they kept doing it anyway. But it, it, they, they got great defensive performances from a few of their individuals, and they were very gap sound. They, they, uh, the front seven played very well. So you're, you're happy with all of that if you're able to run successfully. The Steelers really were not able to run successfully in this game. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, 27 for 106 on the game. That includes Hayward's 21 yards at the end. Um, it, it, was, it was a bad rushing game. They're really not any better than, than uh, Vegas was. This really came, in my opinion, came down to uh, the Steelers made the three biggest plays of the game right at the end. Um, the touchdown pass, the interception, then um, Hayward sealing it on the, the motion sweep. Um, those, those are big-time plays. And the Steelers got those plays tonight, and the Raiders didn't. That's really what this came down to. Uh, two pretty evenly matched teams, as it turns out. Um, I don't know how good either of them are, but, hey, Vegas, the season is over, and the Steelers isn't. So that's uh, that's positive. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers are 7-8 and eight good, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that that that's what they are. Speak to this comment from my man, Claude Bishop, and big up to Sultana, college classmate of mine. Pick up the Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. Um, Dan Moore less was great against Max Crosby. Now here's here's a situation where I, I, I think when you watch it, stats don't always tell you how well a guy played in the game. Max Crosby had two tackles, four tackles total, two solo, two combined, uh, had four quarterback hits. I think there was one play that um, in the game um, that Kenny Pickett made, one of the good throws he made in the game where uh, Max Crosby really cleaned him up right after he released the ball. And I thought Max Crosby played pretty well today. I I thought he was definitely someone who was impacting the game. Um, And and I think he – I thought he really stymied the Steelers wanting to – be a little more aggressive in the passing game. What was your thoughts on how um, Dan Moore or less played against Max Crosby and the Steelers plan against Max Crosby? I didn't get a great sense of, of Moore as an individual. Um, we'll see. We'll watch it again. Uh, I, I will say this. You're, to your point in regards to statistics not always showing everything, uh, Crosby was dominant. I don't care what his stats were. He was in the backfield most of the game. Four quarterback hits is a lot of hits. Um, you, they didn't stop him. Um, he was not stopped. So I, I don't. It, that's not to say uh, he didn't move around a bunch. It's not to say that Moore didn't have some success with him. The plays that I saw Crosby um, really standing out. It, it seemed like there were tight ends on him, uh, which is to say they went in twelve personnel. Uh, Crosby took advantage of that shot inside. He's, he's an all pro level player. Uh, he's a great football player. Um, I, I thought he played exceptionally well tonight. I expected him to play exceptionally well. Uh, we'll, we'll take another look at it and see, uh, individually, um, what might've come out of that. But, uh, Crosby was a force. I mean, games, games a lot different. I think if Crosby isn't in there for the Raiders, <laughs> Yeah, this was this is a very interesting game, and I, I know in watching this team at at seven and eight, I I I picked them to go seven and ten this year. 
Um, and so I'm just oh, amazed that they still have a remote of a chance to be above 500 and possibly get into the playoffs. This, but I, I mean, I think the Steelers are trending up. Be it how small or how big that is, is, is debatable. Um, I still think this this team is devoid of some talent in some areas. But the one thing that, that Neil said I think is apropos when you think about this team is it, 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 it its best quality is somehow figuring out how to win games. and And that's not a bad thing. If you want to contrast that with the Detroit Lions, who has everything they have everything to play for and they go out and get shellacked by Carolina. They just didn't figure out how to win a big game in a big spot. And and I and I think this is a game that I, I think emotionally I, I think the Steelers can really get something out of this game. And maybe it's a game that can carry them in the last two and they get the nine and eight. Because excuse correct me if I'm wrong, they play Cleveland next, correct? Yes. Yeah, and Cleveland hasn't looked great with Deshaun Watson back. I mean, Deshaun Watson today. looks legitimately like the worst quarterback in the NFL. And granted, he was playing in a monsoon, <laughs> horrible blizzard conditions today. But my God, did he look bad? They're they're lost. That's not a difficult team to beat. Yeah, so I think you know, I, I think this is a team that you know, as you said, as we joked, that you know, just for. Tomlin finishing nine and eight just to be able to joke and say it that they might be able to do it. I think it largely it just, could. It I just mean, pisses people off so much that that streak would continue. It, it, the best part is that they make up their own. I can't believe that that's the standard the organization sets. Like, go back and find me the one time Mike Tomlin has said specifically that's his goal. He, he, the media are what talk about this. I work in media. I will hype up those kinds of things because it's interesting. People do talk about it. That's kind of your job. You need to put stuff out there that people want to discuss. Otherwise, you're not going to be well-read and you're not going to have a job. Mike Tomlin's goal is to win a Super Bowl. Like pretty much every coach in the NFL, he fails that job every year. Okay? I don't know what you think the standard is, but just because people in the media, one radio host in particular – poo-poos the idea of a streak having any value at all doesn't mean that it, it, it matters anyway. It doesn't make a difference. We want to see our team win. Why would we not want him to have a streak like that? I'd love it if they won the Super Bowl every year. It might get boring after a while, but yeah, I, I, would, I would hope that would happen. It's not going to. And yeah, I'm, I apologize. It is the Ravens next. Yeah, they do play the Ravens next. That might be good though because it doesn't. It's a good, it's a good time to get the Ravens. And yeah, it doesn't what could seem be another six to three kind of game. Yeah, it doesn't seem like um, Lamar's going to be back. I mean, the issue is that they got to go to Baltimore to play that game. But um, man, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, and my dad was spot uh, on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, stranger things year. have happened. I mean, I mean, and my dad was spot on. My dad was like, yeah, they're going to win this game. They're going to figure out a way to pull it out. They're going to win the game. I was like, well, let's, let's hope so. I mean, this was a really interesting game, and you guys are right. Thank you guys for pointing it out uh, uh, that uh, the Ravens are next. I know some people in the chat were talking about some of uh, the criticism that Matt Canada uh, took in the post comp, post game 
but I didn't hear that stuff tonight. Uh, I think LT um, said it. Um, but again, man, a solid victory. I mean, you win and correct. It's a great victory on a Christmas Eve in a big time moment. You got critical plays made by your rookie quarterback to win the game. Uh, so, I mean, of course, there's a lot that they could get better at, but very likely we could be talking about the Steelers are 500, uh, you know, after January 1st, you know, if they can somehow win. And, and Neil, I, I, it really resonates when you look at the Steelers' schedule and you look at how they've played this year. I mean, that stretch against New England, Cleveland, New York, and Buffalo, of course, they got blown out in that game against Buffalo. But that New York and New England game were very winnable games. Oh, yeah. Yep. They, I mean, those were very winnable games. If they play deep, halfway decent football, I mean, you win one of those two. I mean, we're talking, you know, I don't know what the odds, I don't know what Steve Karnecki, is that the guy's name, Steve Karnecki? On CNBC or MSNBC, who does the the odds with the? He's the guy that used to do the political stuff. If they if he gets the electoral college votes in this state and whatever <laughs> that guy, um, sure. <laughs> no um, it is if and so I mean, man, it's you know you hate this what it could have been type of uh, you know seasons lifted. One said the Miami game as well. The yeah. Miami game is another game in which My, you know, the Miami game they had, they had the ball late twice and pick a turn yeah. the ball over twice. Yeah. If, if if he is playing the way he is now, if he is seeing everything the way he is now, I think they win that game. They absolutely beat the Jets. They had a ten point lead. They win the Jets game. Um, we we can do this all day, you know. But that that's kind of the blessing and the curse of having a team. And I said this in in the preseason. This is a team that's going to be rough early. They were not going to be good early on. Uh, it, just going by what we know of, of the coach and what how young they are and the time it's going to take to kind of build things up, they're going to be playing their best football in December and January. How good that's going to be, I'm not sure, but they're going to be a, a significantly better team late in the year. How big of a hole they're going to dig early is what is going to define the season. That's exactly where we are right now. They have to win both of these games, and it, it's not a guarantee by any stretch. Um, <clears throat> who knows what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? Uh, the, the, the Ravens are in the playoffs. They're only a game now behind uh, Cincinnati for the division. Um, I call it a hunch. I'll bet John Harbaugh circled this game and said this is the game we want Lamar back for. If we can survive with Huntley until then, we will, and that's what he's done. They're, they're going to put Jackson back out on the field. The way their defense is playing, that's not an easy team to beat. So it, Pittsburgh has its work cut out for it, for sure. But uh, it's not dead either. As crazy as it is, it, it's still not dead. Everyone else wrote it off, but, you know, here they are. Santa Claus is in his sleigh, and he is dishing out wins. And this win was as unlikely as Santa Claus jumping down your imaginary chimney. If Santa is anywhere, he probably got stuck in Minnesota in the weather. He probably the you don't want to be here. <laughs> you don't want to be here right now. Trust me. <laughs> this sleigh. I think, I think it's negative eight. Yeah, I mean, I had my cousin was going to go to the game, uh, but his flight to Pittsburgh got canceled. He can't yeah. make it to Pittsburgh till Monday. Yeah, most um, so, airports shut down. I mean, yeah, crazy. they shut down. So it, it was crazy. crazy. But man, a, a very emotional win. 
very emotional game. Um, you you could really see all of that. The gravity of the moment was really um, on the owner's face uh, when he had the nice words about Franco. Um, you could really see the pain uh, and, and the moment, the joy, the pain, the sadness, everything hit um, Joe Green uh, when the camera focused in on him. But it was great to really see the Steelers come out here and, and get this dub on this night. It would have really sucked. It would have really sucked had they not figured out some way to win this game and they get the, and they did get the win. Before we get out of here, Neil, is there anything else you want to point out? Any number, any nugget, or anything that stood out to you in the game? Not yet. It's cold. I'm pretty tired, but uh, I want to wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas. If you celebrate, happy holidays. Be safe. Be careful. Stay warm. Looks like there's a lot of problems throughout the the general um, listening audience in terms of weather, but your Pittsburgh Steelers have won five of their last seven games. I think that's something that um, yes. people should take seriously. They are at Baltimore on New Year's Day. Uh, a game now that does have a little bit more significance than we thought that it would a couple weeks ago. And then they are at home January 8th against the struggling Cleveland Browns who are just about ready to clinch yet another basement finish in the AFC North. Yeah. And before I get out of here, man, I want to thank everybody. I ask you one thing, Neil, real quick before we get out of here. Uh, and before we do, man, Merry Christmas to all you guys who do celebrate Christmas. Happy New Year to all you guys. We'll be doing a show uh, definitely on that New Year's Day. Maybe now we'll figure it out. I, I, we'll, we'll figure something out for New Year's. Um, yeah, man, thank you guys for supporting us. We are all almost monetized. So please, if you have not subscribed to the show, please subscribe to the show. Let that be our Christmas present uh, from you to us. Please give a subscription and a like real quick before we get out of here. I, I read something about Sean Payton. I just wanted to just, just to, to, to ask you real quick. It's not Steeler related, but it's Christmas Eve. Um, Sean Payton is getting back into coaching next year. They, they say he's <laughs> chomping at the bit. He's got Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. It, what job Master. do you think he takes? Uh, I'm thinking he I, takes the Houston job. I have no idea. I, it, all of that is so – all of the – let me give you some insight. This is how this stuff works, and it, it's a good segue because we saw the most pathetic example of it ever early this morning when Adam Schefter tweeted out that – and not an exaggeration. Tyler Huntley was um, – he's, what, the fourth – alternate for the pro bowl tyler huntley (laughs) tyler what that would mean essentially considering the the voting and who all got uh, selected and everything like that he's either ahead of justin herbert or trevor lawrence one of the two of them for this even to be something significant it it, it's so self-serving and is so my it, it, it it's just inane there's no point to it at all the only person who could possibly be selling that information would be the agent of tyler huntley agents are the ones who generate the overwhelming majority of the news so anytime that you hear sources tell me that's a player's agent 
It's almost always a player's agent unless it's in response to something from a player's agent. A team source could be an agent, and if it's within a team, it's usually a designated person that they use to leak information to the big-time reporters. Giving that information to the reporter, it, it's, a, it's a, a quid pro quo thing, okay? They will exchange information on something else at a different time. That's how they foster their relationship and they go back and forth. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, probably the two biggest in the business, have uh, incredibly large contact lists. And the bulk of it is, we can talk about this. I'll let you know what I'm hearing about this. What do you have on that? They go back and forth like this. I don't know who Tyler Huntley's agent is, but for him to get Schefter to tweet that out, Schefter is either maybe 12% awake when he did it, or he owes him big. Because it, it, considering Huntley is entering his restricted free agency, which is not even full free agency, it, it is so transparent what he's trying to do and where he's getting that information from. To say nothing of the fact that it's completely meaningless. They don't even play a Pro Bowl game. What's he going to do? There, there's no point anymore. They don't need to have three quarterbacks on the field. That's how Mitch Trubisky made a Pro Bowl, by the way. They needed somebody to run plays. That's all it was. They don't do the game anymore, so nobody cares. Um, the, the idea, though, that there is uh, significant information that can come out of that is very much true. It's, in, in that, that's the economy of communication within the, within the NFL. The point is you don't really need to, to go off everything that's being said. There's a lot of times those reporters will just say, I'm reporting it because that's what he told me. That's all I'm reporting. I'm not reporting that this is going to happen. I'm just reporting to you that somebody's talking about it. And that that's a lot of what this is. It, 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 as far as, sorry to go way off the point here. I'm half awake myself. Um, Sean Payton <laughs> and his agent are floating this stuff now at key and strategic moments for NFL beat reporters and people like myself to get the information and publish it, to get the word out on who they are because they're trying to win the hearts and minds of the fans, okay? If you have, I don't know, a, a former offensive lineman who's never been a coach before running your team and you might fire him at any minute, you kind of want the owner to know without violating any rules that you're available, this is what you have in mind. It, it's putting yourself in position uh, to be at the top of a list. Not that Sean Payton wouldn't be at the top of the list, but one thing that's not being discussed is he was still under contract with the Saints. So there's compensation that's going to have to be negotiated uh, before he would go anywhere, and that's going to be a part of wherever it is that Payton would want to go. As of now, though, we don't know who's going to get fired. I mean, I, I think Nathaniel Hackett is probably not going to come back as the Broncos coach next year, call it a hunch. Um, there are some others too. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I think it's laughable. I, I don't think he has a job come Tuesday. To be honest with you, nice house though. <laughs> What's the? Yeah, exactly. It's it. It sucks being Cliff, but there's no way he's going to be around next year. There's no way their general manager is going to be around next year. I think Arizona is probably a good place for Peyton because it, it, it's a good opportunity for him to go in and just basically run everything on his own, kind of like what what Doug Peterson is able to do in Jacksonville. Um, it, it's it's interesting in that regard. It's just there's a lot of other things that are going on, and him allegedly lining up a defensive coordinator now is it, it's meaningless.
for that for that to go out to the media now is nothing more than his agent putting it out there so they can kind of create a market and a bidding war uh, for their client services, along with saying, well, the Saints are going to need some compensation, so you guys are going to have to kick in for this as well. Hey, don't start any rumors, Claude. Felicia Ollie Howard. Yes, don't start any rumors. Don't get anyone in trouble before Christmas starts. Big up to Felicia. Big up to Mel. Big up to everybody who joined the show. Again, big up to Sultana, classmate of mine from the University of California, Berkeley. Big up to Delta Sigma Theta. Again, before we get out of here, Merry Christmas to everybody. Please bring it in safely and have a fantastic time. And it feels good on Sunday with the Steeler victory as we bring in this Christmas day. But with that, we're going to get out of here. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.